This is Indianapolis coach Reggie Wayne, and you're listening to the For the Culture podcast. This is the For the Culture podcast. I'm your host, Luke Diamond, with my man, Jason Spears, as we're just one day away from the start of the 2020 NFL Draft, the most anticipated draft of all time, with no NBA playoffs to compete with, with no NHL Stanley Cup playoffs to compete with, no April baseball in the MLB. All attention from sport fans across the country and around the world will be focused on the 2020 NFL Draft. And without any further ado, our third annual For the Culture 7-Round Mock Draft. With the 34th overall pick in the second round, the Indianapolis Colts select A.J. Epinesa, defensive end, Iowa. We talked about him previously on the Top 5 Options video. Just to go through a little bit on A.J., he was very productive his entire career at Iowa. He improved every year. He's got great size, and he's long with fluidity, solid speed. His greatest strength, though, is his strength. He's got heavy hands and can blow tackles off the ball with his strength. Very sound fundamentally. Good at countering and discarding blocks. Three-down player. He could play either defensive tackle or defensive end, so you can move him around. And he's very scheme-versatile. Has solid get off and plays with good leverage, and he's a high effort player. Some of the drawbacks to AJ is he lacks elite athletic traits. He's not very bendy and struggles to turn the corner, and he doesn't have a super high ceiling. But with that said, I think this is an overall great pick for the Colts at 34. I think he's a, a guy that you can plug and play right off the bat, or you could use him in a rotation. But either way, it's a great start to the Indianapolis Colts draft. With the 44th overall pick in the second round, the Indianapolis Colts select Jalen Rager, wide receiver, TCU. He's one of the fastest players in the draft, very quick and sudden getting out of breaks, good with hand fighting and getting off coverage and creating separation, can play the boundary and the slot so he can play both outside and inside. He makes big plays and he's very explosive. He's, he's very similar in this to Paris Campbell from last year. One of the fastest players in this draft, and he can do a lot of different things. His father, Monty Rager, played for the Colts from 2003 to 2006, so he's got good bloodlines. And if he comes here, his pops will definitely help him learn the area quick. He's got exceptional straight line speed and elusiveness, great in the return game. His speed scares DBs and press, so a lot of times DBs won't even come up and press him. They'll play off will sink his hips and explode out of his cuts, creating separation. And then when he gets down the field, he tracks the ball well over either shoulder. So he's good either looking over the right or the left shoulder, and he's he does a good job there. He's got fairly reliable hands, although I'll get into some of the drawbacks there in a second. Three-year offensive weapon at TCU, so he was they used him a lot. His His senior season wasn't quite as good as his junior season. He's got good bulk for his size. He's dynamic with the ball in his hands, and he kills angles with speed, much like Paris Campbell did last year. Will surprise you with his ability to win 50-50 balls versus larger corners and can create nightmare mismatches, which is a common theme with some of these offensive players that we're going to talk about here. Like I said, his final season at TCU wasn't as productive. I think they probably paid more attention to him. He had a lot of concentration drops. He doesn't have bad hands, but he can lose concentration and drop passes, and that's never a good sign. Needs to develop stronger hands at the catch point. A lot of times you see him going for a ball with a corner near, and he'll have the ball ripped out because his hand strength isn't as good as it needs to be. 
Another thing that you see with these young receivers is they run very simple route trees, especially these super athletic guys, because they don't really have to know a lot to get out on the field for their teams. They're so athletic. They can do a lot of little things that that can turn into 90-yard touchdowns. In the NFL, he's definitely going to have to improve his ability to run the route tree and, and improve the, his ability to run routes in general. Ball security is an issue. Sometimes when he catches the ball, he he loses himself and forgets, doesn't see defenders or where they are, and he can be stripped of the ball and turn it over. He struggled with aggressive corners that were physical and, and also had good athletic traits that would come up and get physical with them. So with some press corners, they were too scared to come up, and then with the guys that were elite, they would come up, and he struggled a little bit with them. So you know, he could play him in the slot, move him around, so he doesn't have to deal with that. Uh, and he's got a small catch radius. He's not a very big guy, 5'11", 190. I mean, he's not super small, but he's, you know, he's not, he doesn't have really long arms, so that's an issue. But I think this guy's more of a stretch-the-field guy. Uh, and I'm telling you, the more speed we get on the field, the better off this team's going to be. So I really like this pick at 44. With the 75th pick in the third round, the Indianapolis Colts select Adam Troutman, tight end Dayton. He was a team captain, walked on as a quarterback, then switched to tight end. Tremendously productive player in all his years at Dayton. He's got ideal size for the position. Very smart and scheme friendly. Plays extremely tough and fearless, which allows him to make tough catches over the middle. He's a natural hands catcher. I don't know if you guys remember me talking about Funchess always letting the ball come to his body when he came here. This guy's the opposite of that. He catches everything with his hands. He extends with his hands. He's not afraid to go over the middle catches everything with his hands so that's good he's got good technique and 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 um, he's got a lot of positives as far as being a pass catcher he's a versatile root runner will exploit seams and the flat good athlete with solid long speed to get separation he has a good release with a quick first step good ball skills and solid rack skills run after catch skills strong hands and takes care of the ball post catch and is a willing blocker some things he needs to improve on he needs to improve on his technique as a blocker. When I say he's a willing blocker, I, that wasn't saying he was a good blocker. This kid is very raw. He needs to improve his technique as a blocker, needs to get stronger. He obviously lacks experience. He came into college as a quarterback, so he's only really played tight end, I think, three and a half years. So, you know, he's got a lot of room for improvement. Then you got the level of competition he played at, which isn't very high. But by far, blocking will be his biggest adjustment from that level to the NFL level. He needs to learn how to use leverage and blocking and will need some time to develop. So I do think this kid can come in and give the Colts an option, like an Ebron-type option. He's very good in the passing game, but he absolutely is not ready to block right now. He's going to have to be coached up. That's going to take a couple years. I would like it if the Colts maybe brought in a vet, just a you know another vet tight end just to cover themselves, just in case this kid takes a little longer to develop. But, I mean, the upside and the raw talent and the skills are there with this guy. I think he's going to be an excellent player in the league. He's got everything that you want, the size, the speed. I just think it's a matter of developing him and, and just being patient with him. So I think that's a good pick for the Colts, and I think it's a guy that would immediately see the field, although I do not think he would start. With the 122nd pick in the fourth round, the Indianapolis Colts select Matthew Pert, left tackle, UConn. Four-year starter at UConn, team captain, played both left tackle and right tackle. Uh, he did not begin playing football until his senior year in high school, so he's still growing into his frame. 
He has massive prototypical left tackle frames, 86-inch wingspan, which gives me nightmares because it makes me think of how much Ryan Grigson raved about LaRaven Clark's, pardon the pun, wingspan when we when we got him. But this kid looks much, much better than, than uh, LaRaven looked. I like this kid a lot. He's got good upper and lower body coordination. He maintains good leverage and width and understands leverage and plays with solid technique. Very fluid and shows good lateral agility to mirror rushers. Uses his length to push pass rushers out of the play or pass the quarterback. Good point of attack power. Moves well in the run game. Light on his feet. Transitions easy when getting to the second level. And as I said, he's got elite left tackle tools, but he's very raw and is going to need to develop, which is fine with the line that we have right now. He won't have to come in and immediately play. He's got good pop in his initial punch and has an extremely high ceiling. Another thing you'll notice with some of these players, they've got really high ceilings. Troutman had that. Rager had that. Epinesa, not so much. But with this guy and a couple of the other guys I draft, definitely a high ceiling. Some drawbacks is extremely raw, hasn't played football all that long, needs to improve his footwork, struggles to anchor against power. That's by far his biggest issue. When he deals with power uh, rushers, he has a major problem. So that's going to be something he's going to have to work on. He's going to have to get a lot stronger, both lower body strength and also upper body strength. He needs to improve his balance. His footwork can get out of whack, and his balance will then get out of whack. It's, it's all like a big puzzle. If one of those things gets out of whack, the entire thing gets out of whack, and you get you get uh, major problems in the pass rush. Must improve pass sets. Must learn to finish blocks and be more aggressive. This guy really sometimes he'll he'll play until he thinks that the guys buy him or whatever. He doesn't finish blocks, so he needs to work on that. Again, a lot of this can be coached, but he lacks a mean streak, and that's something he's going to have to develop. And I think you're in that offensive line room. He absolutely will develop that around guys like Quentin Nelson and Ryan Kelly. So Matt Pert is a guy that I would love to see the Colts take. He's he's not only a developmental guy, but a guy I think has got upside like Anthony Costanzo had when we drafted him. I think he's got all the physical tools. He's just extremely raw and needs to be coached up. And if you trust your coaches to get the most out of this guy, then, then you got to take him. With the 160th pick in round five, the Indianapolis Colts select Kendall Vildor, cornerback, Georgia Southern. 5'10", 190 pounds. He's not a big guy, but he's a three-year starter there. Very smart, very tough. Ball hawk, competitive, confident. The kind of attitude you want in a corner. Played press man, cover two, and off man at Georgia Southern. Very aggressive player who plays bigger than his size. Very disruptive at the line of scrimmage. A very physical and willing tackler. He's got a smooth backpedal. Very quick and fluid and can flip and run with little wasted motion. He played both inside and outside at Georgia Southern. One of his best games while he was there was against Clemson, and you know how good their receivers are. Good instincts allows him to quickly make up ground. He also played very well against Minnesota and LSU. Prefers playing at the line of scrimmage, although in the NFL, I I think he's a little too small to press because, I mean, I think physical receivers would have their way with him. But we'll get into the drawbacks here in a second. He tracks the ball well, gets head around to avoid flags. His productivity drop his senior year was due to teams not testing him as much and throwing to the other side. He's great at reading screens and blowing them up, so he's good in film study. obviously studies keys and knows what to look for when, when studying screens. One thing I noticed about him is he blew up a ton of screens. 
Some of the drawbacks to him, he faced mostly lower level talent in college. He needs to improve his angles, whether that's in coverage or just in general. Can get overwhelmed in the run game because he's not very big. He's undersized with a small frame, and he doesn't look like he's going to be able to add much to that frame. He can obviously get stronger, but gen generally speaking, his, he's not going to be able to add too much more mass to his frame. He's susceptible to double moves, and his overaggressiveness can lead to biting on double moves and being beat deep and also to having to you know catch up and, and grab a guy and get handsy and that can lead to pass interference calls so there's a lot of positives with this kid i love his bulldog attitude he doesn't back down from anything he's extremely tough i definitely think he could come in you know maybe even this this kid maybe be able to play a little free safety in a pinch i mean i don't, I don't know ballard sees things with guys sometimes that, that i don't see He's got good instincts. He's very willing and a willing tackler. He's very physical. I think he might be a good backup for Kenny Moore in the, in the slot. I think that's more of his natural position. But again, he played outside as well at Georgia Southern. So a lot of it is a lot of some of these these guys are kind of developmental guys, but they can also play special teams. And I just think you know you build your depth, and in the end, it helps your team be strong from the 53rd man to the first man, or the first man to the 53rd. I, however you want to say it. So that was the guy I chose to go with in the fifth round. Now in the sixth round, the 193rd pick, the Indianapolis Colts select Jonah Jackson, offensive guard, Ohio State University. He was a team captain, grad transfer from Rutgers. He has experience playing both center and both guard spots, so both right and left guard. Operates well in space. Very technically sound, a natural leader who's self-motivated and takes a professional approach to the game. So he, he's super mature, ready to play at the next level, and, and mentally ready to attack that the NFL game. He's strong enough to attack bull rushers and not lose ground, recognizes and handles stunts very well, plays with a mean streak, good upper body strength, good hand strength to control defenders at the line of scrimmage, and good quickness with a powerful punch. Plays with good technique and discipline and pass protection. And one thing I noticed, there's a huge difference with this guy in his pass pro and his run blocking. He is much better in pass pro. Now, some of his issues, and, and, and like the further we go along in this, the more issues you're going to have with guys. That's why they don't go higher. He struggled versus slanted fronts and had difficulty redirecting and resetting after he redirected. So... He's got some issues with those type fronts, plays with his pads too high at times, and when he does that, he loses ground very, very quickly, can get over-aggressive and lunge. He struggles mightily in the run game because he, he's got an underwhelming frame and his play strength isn't as good as it could be. I think he's got to add some strength, add some physical strength, lower body, upper body, both just get stronger, something he needs to get to, and I think he will once you get in that NFL training regimen. He's very, especially in the run game, he's very handsy, tends to get a lot of holding calls. His hand usage and placement has to improve at the next level because, it, I mean, he can't do the stuff he did at Ohio State and Rutgers because if he does, he's going to get called for 10 times as many holding calls. So he needs to improve. A lot of people have Jonah Jackson much higher than I do, but he's got some issues that I think are going to drop him. But I definitely like him here in round six at 193, and I think it's a guy that would help the depth of our offensive line because he not only can play guard but he can also play center and he did both at Rutgers in a pinch so I like his versatility 
and I like I like him in the pass game. Most important part of blocking to me is protecting the quarterback. So you can learn a lot in a run game, but if you stink in the pass game, that's that's not going to be good because you could get somebody hurt that way. So Jonah Jackson, my my first sixth round pick, with the 197th pick in the sixth round, the Indianapolis Colts select Jawan Jennings, wide receiver, Tennessee. Fifth-year senior coming off his best season. Big, long frame with room to grow. Worked mostly out of the slot and dominated the middle of the field versus smaller DBs. Very strong and physical and plays wide receiver with a linebacker mentality. He's quick for his size with good shiftiness. Runs routes at different speeds to create space. So I'm not saying he runs them slow. I'm saying he alters the speeds to create space so they can't get a judge for how fast he's going to go or what, what he's going to do on each route. Once the ball is in his hands, he's a beast, very physical runner, gets extra yards after contact, solid blocker off motion, so you can put him in motion and block down on a defensive end. You can, you know, you can block linebackers with him. He's just he's a very physical player, so he can do a lot with him on the field. You can move him around. So he's very versatile, but best in the slot. And a 6'3 guy in the slot is a problem. Strong hands, very competitive, played well at the Senior Bowl. He's very good on slants and momentum plays where you can get the ball in his hands going, you know, already in full speed. So those are just some of the, the type of plays that he, he's really good on. Once you can get the ball in his hands after that, you know, it's people don't want to tackle this guy. He's very big and he's very physical and he doesn't go down easy. Should be solid on special teams. So there's another reason, you know, that, that's always a positive when you're talking about these guys. The more they can do, the the more likely they, they will make the roster. So... I, I like this kid's attitude. He's a dog on the field. If you watch him play, he just – I watched a lot of Tennessee games, and he just made plays, man. So And they didn't have the greatest quarterback situation. So I like this kid a lot. Would love to see him available with this pick, and I would absolutely take him. And, it, I mean, coming out of this with, with two wide receivers, and as good as these two guys are, I would be ecstatic. So getting into some of the drawbacks. He lacks, you know, elite speed or elite athletic traits. He struggles to separate because of those lacking the lacking traits that I just mentioned. Relatively simple route tree at Tennessee. Again, that's that's a common thing with college teams. They're, the the offenses are not as complex as they are in the NFL, and some of these guys just you know they're so good they don't have to really cover the route tree because they they do what they do best and they get them the ball. He's slow off the line of scrimmage, had a quite a few concentration drops, which is, you know, again, kind of the same thing I saw with Rager. You got, he's got to focus on, on just catching the ball and not worrying about stuff. Had some off-the-field troubles in 2017 and was kicked off the team by previous Tennessee coach. So that is a big-time red flag. That's something that Chris Ballard's going to have to look at and vet. Uh, this is kind of the only red flag guy we I have in my in my picks, and it's in the sixth round, so I weighed the risk reward, and I just thought you couldn't pass up the talent, but that's definitely something that bears watching, and it also is something that's very important, obviously, to the Colts front office. So if they did talk to him, he would definitely have to have a good answer for that, because that's 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 not good. He was also suspended a game for stepping on a player's head. The more I read this stuff and I read it out loud, it makes me sound crazy for picking him. 
But again, he's you know he's a relatively young kid and made some mistakes. I, I just think I need to hear. I would need to hear his reasoning. But just based on where he was was where I was picking him, I thought the risk was worth the reward. So that's my mock draft. I, w I wasn't gonna make any trades or anything. I was just gonna go with the straight draft and and just pick the best guys I saw. We all know there's a pretty big possibility at some point Chris Ballard's gonna trade back and accumulate you know some picks probably wants to recoup his seventh round pick there's a good chance that you know he, he acquires more picks but I just wanted to do this because we've done it every year and I like doing it. it's fun but also give you guys an idea of what I think is going to be available some of you know obviously crazy things happen with the draft and, and guys can go higher or lower than what you think but I really like this draft board that I have and so I went with it and um, you know that's what I came up with so I hope you guys enjoyed this I enjoyed doing it. I hope you learned some about some players, even if the Colts don't draft them. You, maybe you learned a little about some guys you didn't know about, and we'll see what happens. But uh, really, this is this is the most fun time of the year for us, or at least for me at For the Culture. I love doing this draft stuff. And now, look, man, there's nothing else going on. It, we're, the, the NFL is going to be – every eye in the nation is going to be on, on the NFL draft. It's going to be crazy and fun, and I'm really excited. And I'm excited to see what the Colts do. We'll definitely have player draft capsules out the night we make those picks, and I will break down each player, and we'll have them out as fast as we possibly can because this year we're not doing it from the studio, so we're doing it a little different, and uh, it's actually more time efficient. So excited to get those out for you guys, excited to see who we pick, and, and I, I obviously we'll do that. We'll do the, you know, the draft profiles, then we'll do the uh, draft profiles of the you know, undrafted free agents, then we'll do our draft grade. And, uh, you know, we'll go from there. So lots of good stuff coming up on For the Culture. I appreciate all of you. Thanks for listening. Go Colts.